Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. And my name is Duffy Henderson, and I'm your host. Well, the Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and the benefit of God's people. Here, we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. So if you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks again for listening in to this episode, and may the Lord bless it greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. We hope you'll enjoy it. Well, today I am back with my brother and fellow, um, he's one of our elders here at Believer's Baptist Church, Jason Rowland, and we are back to record part two of our episode series on the battle for joy. Um, And maybe another title we tossed up was um, what robs us of our joy. And we're talking about the Christian and life and joy. And how circumstances and all sorts of things cause us to be in an, in an ever-present battle for joy. So, Jason, how are you this afternoon? Uh, doing good, Duffy. Thank you. I think the last episode, we went into a little bit of just recent circumstances in our own congregation and yes. in my own life that that prompted us to be able to think about joy and what robs us of joy. And um, I was off again for the whole month of August because of uh, uh, just emotional, mental, physical, spiritual strain on my life and uh, my joy was gone. And, and that's not to say that joy has to be all external because the circumstances were difficult, but it wasn't all external. A lot of that it was my own sin, my own uh, perception of uh, the temporary versus the eternal those kinds of things were all swirling around that. And so uh, we tried to lean into uh, some things that um, we hoped were helpful in that episode. And uh, we, we certainly want to do the same in this episode. Exactly. And, you know, it's kind of maybe appropriate to say you had lost your true north. Yes. There, there wasn't really a, a distinct direction for you to, to go lost a little bit mm. and unsure of how to respond to some of these situations and that can really be difficult right right um but we want to we want to riff off of our previous episode and kind of bear down on a couple of other issues that i think would be helpful for any that would be listening it's been helpful for us just talking through the issues and thinking about and reflecting on our own lives jason and i about some areas that we can grow in in this uh particular issue of joy and contentment um, and maybe joylessness and discontentment mm-hmm. as kind of being two sides to this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jason, did you have something that you want to open up the episode with? I know you. we have a couple of books and resources in front of us right now. Well, there, there's some good um, resources that we can mention that would be helpful if a listener would be interesting. One of those would be a book by Jerry Bridges called Respectable Sins Yes, um, that was helpful on um, pride, contentment, um, thinking about um, those particular uh, aspects of the Christian life and how to uh, navigate through those things, anxiety, frustration, unthankfulness. Those, those are all subjects out of that book. I yes. do have before us, too, 
um, that I, a book that I would recommend. It's called The Fruitful Life. And again, that's another Jerry Bridges book. Yeah. Listener, if you have not read anything by Jerry Bridges, we would encourage you to get you a couple of a uh, couple of his books and just start reading in them today. Yes. Or get your Amazon order uh, shopping cart done and get you some of him. Right. Uh, the the uh, the quest for godliness. Yes. The pursuit of holiness. Yes. Um, respectable sins. All of these are titles by Jerry Bridges that That's are right. just highly commended. And and one thing that is not a book that um, we would recommend, but a podcast, mm. Theocast. Yes, is a podcast that actually you introduced me to. Yes, but that is worth a listen. And um, there's a lot of uh, content there that those guys speak about that. Um, lean into this idea of yes. joy and rest and peace. They talk about sanctification and the life of the Christian with joy, all of those. Very, very good. Yes. So um, one of the things that we did in the first part of this discussion, the previous episode, was you read out of Philippians chapter 4. Correct. And we talked about the contentment that Paul was um, referring to in the difficult circumstances that he found himself in. And he talks about rejoicing in that, that letter. And, and the, the thing that um, he puts forth in that letter is the idea of putting too much confidence in the flesh. Yes. And I want to suggest to our listeners and discuss this with you, Duffy, but I think one of the stumbling blocks to joy in our life would be this idea of confidence in the flesh. Yes. Um, and that can go two-sided. One side is confidence in the things that the world would have to offer to us in terms of uh, entertainment or religion or uh, work or leisure or politics. Yes. Those kinds yes. of things. Um, you can you can put too much confidence in those things as if those things will bring you joy. Yeah, and we we want to emphasize this that those things are not wrong necessarily no. in and of themselves. No way. But this is hear us and we're, we're wanna, we we want to we want to say that in a, a a misplaced confidence in those things first of all becomes idolatry, mm-hmm. which then immediately turns into discon, discontent, distrust in God, and all everything unravels when we change our focus and put it in politics or right. put it in work or put it in whatever else. You pursued those things because you thought they would bring you joy. Yes. You pursued those things because you thought they would bring you contentment mm. and you get into them and you realize this is there's no joy in this. Uh, there's not a sense of contentment. There's no rest in these things. It's just a con- continuing um, turmoil and uh, discontentment, ungratefulness, those kinds of thoughts, and no wonder there's no joy. But the other side of that coin, though, of confidence in the flesh would be where we put too much confidence in the spiritual disciplines that we as believers can um, partake in, Yes, that we can cooperate with the Holy Spirit in, that those things become then for us the monitor for our own spiritual growth, yes. for our own righteousness. Yeah. And that's where I would recommend uh, the Theocast podcast. Uh, they, they have a couple of episodes, at least two that I'm familiar with, that speak to this, and it's an old word, 
but this concept of pietism mm -hmm. that was prevalent. Uh, um, it's prevalent today, but it was certainly prevalent um, in the Puritan movement and the Reformation movement, where all of these great, wonderful doctrines, which were true and good and biblical, manifested themselves and fueled the egos of these particular people. And I think that the same uh, issue can be had today, and it does happen, that the good doctrine that we should pursue then inflames and fuels our egos to say, look how smart I am, or look how well I am being a Christian, and whatever category, that's what you're talking about. Right, it stirs up within us a, a works righteousness. Yes, and yes. that works righteousness then can become very yes. um, pride-driven. Oh, no doubt. And it can become even critical and judgmental of other people because we use our righteousness as a measurement to see if the next person measures up. And and a lot of times that's just to elevate ourselves. Yeah. We we are um, looking at our life and we think, well, that my life is better than that life, so. Um, we become uh, prideful. And, and the point that Paul makes in Philippians is that um, if we have put our confidence in anything other than Jesus Christ and his righteousness, um, then we are going to experience a joyless Christian life. That's exactly right. Um, if I may, and I just quoted, or I'm just referencing the Puritans, and I do have a Puritan paperback by Banner of Truth right in front of me. And I was referencing this uh, book as I was preparing for the episode. And this is written by Jeremiah Burroughs in the mid-1600s, I believe in the 1640s. And it's entitled, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. And he starts out the book, it's in the first opening couple of pages before he gets into his argument for joy and contentment in Christ. He says this, that Christian contentment is that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit which freely submits to, catch this, freely submits to and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. Now, I understand that that's some language that we're not quite familiar with here in 2022 in America. But all he's saying here, and his premise for the book, his thesis for the book, is that a misguided trust which is, uh, I believe, what you've already said and what we're going to kind of dig into, a misguided trust on our part, even with good intentions, is a recipe for disaster and joylessness. Yes. In fact, what I would say is that another stumbling block to joy is our lack of trust in God. That's exactly right. That's what Burroughs, basically his whole argument of the book is right. that. Yeah. So the circumstances come to, into our life or there's a particular issues that we're dealing with and so our trust becomes either in ourself or it becomes uh, absent yes. altogether yes uh, for what God is doing and so we our trust then is as um, something that um, when we begin to rely on our own gifts our own abilities our own personalities when our first response is panic, and the second response is to call all my friends. Um, we're not trusting. 
Mm. We are um, trying to resolve the situation in That'll our own preach. strength. That'll preach. That'll preach. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say it because that's where I've been most of the time. It seems like when yeah. there's a crisis and there's some circumstance. Um, Let but, me ask you this. How often is your first response, and I don't mean second or third, how often is your first response on your knees in prayer, begging for the Lord to work and move? Right. Uh, that exposes yes. our lack of trust. Yes. Um, and when we don't trust, um, then there's no wonder that there's no joy. Because we, mm. we're not seeing the uh, circumstances rightly. We're not understanding, as difficult as they are, that God has a purpose, that these have not come to us accidentally, that these circumstances have not come to us just because of a fallen world that is out of control, but there's a purposeful Heavenly Father who has brought this into your life for the means of spiritual growth in your life, to conform you to the image of His Son. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head there. Yes. And so the the idea then um, of lack of trust would be one of the other stumbling blocks that I would say um, that would rob us of joy. Another one would, would be just um, sin. Our disposition towards sin... Yes. In our life. Yes. When we're, whether it be idolatry, we're pursuing entertainment or leisure or whatever it is, or whether it's lack of trust. But then um, I think about David when he is in Psalm 51. He, he, one of the phrases he says is, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You know, because the Christian life ought to be characterized as Galatians 5 22 tells us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It is a fruit of the Spirit. The, the Spirit produces that in us. Yes. And a lot of times we battle that. We fight that. We extinguish it. Um, and the reason why we ex- or we extinguish the Spirit by loving our sin. Yes. We quench the Spirit. We ignore the Spirit. Um, because we have a wrong view of sin. That's really what it boils down to. Yes, yes. And so our unconfessed sin are our sins of... Um, omission, the sins certainly of commission. That's right. Of looking for um, um, self um, um, esteem through things other than Christ. Um, our attitude of uh, pride, self righteousness, self sufficiency. Seeking affirmation from others and, and situations. Right. Being affirmed in. Uh, and and our that our culture just screams that right now is that you need to affirm everyone and exactly how they are with no qualifications, no matter what they believe, no matter what they choose to do. Everything is you do you, <laughs> right? But and this is why too that envy or jealousy mm. um, or um, uh, coveting after other people's gifts or their other people's ministries or personalities or their positions or their possessions. When we when we are in that frame of mind, there is no joy because you never measure up. Like you said the last episode, you're chasing this enoughness that's yes. elusive. It you'll never get you'll never grasp it. Right. It's grasping at the wind. Right. And, you know, speaking of David, in Psalm 32, yeah. um, he talks about 
um, the consequences and the effect of sin in his life and how that there was no joy there. And the Christian ought to find joy in the relationship they have with Christ and the union that is there, but also um, we ought to be able to find it when we come to gathered worship. And this mm. is something that we talked about in the last episode. Mm. And when we come to gathered worship and you're piled on with more law than gospel. This is how you ought to be. Straighten up. Yes. Quit doing that. Yes. Uh do this. Yes. And all that is true. There is a point where that is true. There is a point where that is true. Yes. We have law and gospel, and you can't have gospel without law. And the opposite as well. That's right. Yes. And so law has to be preached. But if we just give all law, then uh, where's the hope? Where's the joy? Where's the rest? Where's the peace that we are supposed it to have? It can't be in law keeping because we know that that's impossible. Right. We it, the joy can't though law is necessary. The joy is not found in law keeping. Right. And listen to this in Romans fourteen seventeen. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, mm. but of righteousness and peace and joy mm. in the Holy Spirit. Oh man, that's good. We I need mean, to ex, ex, exposit that for us. <laughs> well, the, the kingdom of God is not this external legalistic um, yeah. measuring up because your righteousness is a righteousness that has been imputed to you that is perfect. So the expectation then is not that you are perfect because you, you are already perfect in Christ positionally. But there is a pursuit of sanctification, and we need to pursue godliness, as Paul says in t- to Timothy. And so there is a sense in that, but, it, but when it becomes the, the driving force in which um, I find no contentment, no rest, um, no sense of joy or peace, because... Um, or you feel condemnation... Yes, and there should be a sense of condemnation when you hear the law of God preached, of course, but all under the understanding of our security and our assurance in the gospel. Yes, there's not a uh, an eternal sense of condemnation, but there is a sense of our meager uh, finitude, our uh, our inability to to meet the holy standard of God. Yes, um, so all of these things are held in tension. Right. Um, yeah. And I, as you're listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking, those guys can't figure out where they're they going. They are nuts. Yeah. Because what we're trying to do is articulate two different things that have the same weight. Yes. And yes. And, you, and they're both necessary. Yes. And if we try to get over too far into one, it's a ditch that we don't need to be in. If we try to get too far in the other, it's a ditch that we don't need to be in. And so, yes, the podcast episode at this point may sound very confusing, and I get that, and I'm sorry for that, but we're trying to articulate something that is is difficult to articulate without it sounding um, like we're out of balance and being accused even of being out of balance. That's right. That's right. And we don't want and to go there. That's right. And and the 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 effort at trying to synthesize and take different texts of Scripture that on the surface sometimes seem to counterbalance each other or not I don't want to use the word contradict but you read something in one in one section of scripture and then you read to something in the other section of scripture and say how can this be 
how can I do this if the, if and, and but but our understanding of the word of God it's always holding these mysterious um, and I say that loosely but these mysterious truths of God that he's given to us in tension mm-hmm. that there is a responsibility for us to obey God's commands. He's given us many commands as believers. At the same time, we are assured of our salvation in Christ, and we have no condemnation placed over us. Right. Um, so, I, th- th- yeah, that's that's difficult. How yeah, do you articulate it, that well? That's right. That's, <laughs> and so, let's go back, though, to say a couple other things, sure. because we've been talking about stumbling blocks to joy. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of those would be discontentment. One of those would be sin. One of those would be lack of trust. Um, another one of those would be uh, ungratefulness, just being so caught up in entitlement. Yes, that's that's a good word too. Being so caught up in the circumstances and looking at others that you are robbed of your joy because you are constantly comparing what you do have or don't have mm-hmm. compared to mm-hmm. others, yeah. um, and we're forgetting that um, every gift is from above that's right it's good and it's uh perfect and um that um he's given us all good things to richly enjoy that's right and so he's given us creation to enjoy right our lives are we're there's so much to be joyful about right and so then another um joy robber i think would be just the experiences of of um faith crisis or mm. experiences of trials of faith mm-hmm. when we experience those difficulties um and um james says count it all joy you know how do we count it joy when the crisis is uh rocking our world easy for you to say james you're not dealing with what you don't know what i'm dealing with here that's right that's right yeah and then james would say you didn't know what we were dealing with back in the first century. <laughs> yeah. You got nothing right now. Right. And, and James would remind us of the character of God. And oh, man. James would remind us of what Christ Wisdom of God. Yes. As well. Yes. And again, that nothing is frivolous or careless or foolish that God does. And he continues to, to work for our good and our um, growth. And so let's think about this, Duffy. What are some things then that we practically need to do um, in terms of um, restoring our joy? How do we get it back? Yeah, yeah. So, listener, if you're listening to this episode, and now you're confused, and you're joyless, right? right? We've really put you in a predicament. <laughs> yeah. Um, if Jason, if, if I could offer two quick words, and then I think you've got something queued up here uh, to help and maybe give something tangible to our listeners— Two words that I'd offer uh, to the listener and whoever else is providence and perseverance. And these two words will help us balance our lives because what we have is this the contrast between the providence of our God, his sovereignty worked out in our lives, which is what we would call providence, and then our perseverance as the believer that we are called to charge forward to have the full armor. There's a spiritual battle, a spiritual warfare. We're to run toward the prize, as Paul says, um, defeating our foes, right? With the word of, of, of uh, the spirit, the sword of the spirit, 
uh, in the word of Christ, right, as we move forward. And so we have this, these two things in, in contrast, the providence of God, that we know that all things will be working out for the good of those who love and believe in him, and then our perseverance, our responsibility to move forward and to persevere toward the finish line. Right. Um, and those would be the things that I would bring out just as a reminder that gives us a, f- a 30,000 foot perspective. Right. Maybe you're dealing with something right now that just seems tragic. Um, and maybe it is. I don't want to diminish that. But a lot of times our perspective can be skewed and it can be misinformed by our situation and the, in the moment. And these two things, the providence of God and the perseverance of the saints, um, help us, I think, I would hope these things help us to have a better perspective. Right. What do you have to offer to that? Yeah, I would totally agree with what you're saying, and, and I would add to it um, the reliance or the relationship that the believer has with the Holy Spirit. Yes, So course. yeah. So there is this work of this Holy Spirit that is synergistic. That is, we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Like when Paul says in Romans chapter 8, uh, put to death the deeds of the flesh. That is something we cooperate with the Spirit. There are things that the Spirit does apart from us, like um, regenerating us for salvation. The regenerating work that the Spirit does, for example, that we read about in John chapter 3. That's a monergistic work that the Holy Spirit does. That's right. So the Holy Spirit is God, and He's doing both a monergistic work and a syncretistic work. Yeah, and that just, and I'm just going to, let me just give two definitions briefly, and I'll let you go on. But we just mean by monergistic is that God alone uh, changes the heart and justifies the sinner on the basis of Christ. Sinner has no part in that except the sin that they bring to Right. That we, that we, this, it's been said the only part that we have is the sin that uh, put Christ on the cross. And in, in, uh, that's borderline poor theology. But monergistic, God saves. But in the sanctification of the sinner, synergistic in the sense that we, uh, the Spirit works in us and there are things that we do in cooperation with the Spirit. So go ahead. Well, and that, that goes to the... The verses that we read, like work out your salvation in fear and trembling. and Faith know, it, without works is dead. Yeah, it's God that's working in you. Exactly. All those things. So, yes. Um, yes. So let's think then, uh, what are some practical ways, and maybe we can end this episode with this, Duffy. Um, what are some practical ways that we can uh, take back our joy or, or to renew our joy? Yes. And, and there's some obvious things. One is confession of sin. I think that's got to be first. Right. Most likely the joy that you're lacking in your situation right now, uh, maybe some extenuating circumstances are maybe out of your control, but I would I would venture to say most situations we find ourselves in, there's sin involved. Right. And, and it's not just um, the fact that you confess it, but forsake it. Run, flee. Right. As, as Paul says to Timothy, flee. Yes. And we we do that um, with the Lord's help, by the Spirit, and we're agreeing with God that we've sinned. We um, are saying, yes, we have sinned against you, and now I want to turn from that and I want to go a different direction. So you have to look. You can't look for the surface sin, though. Um, if, If you're not murdering, 
you probably recognize you're not murdering somebody. But are you hating? Are you unforgiving? Are you um, calling someone um, uh, foolish and um, being uh, demeaning toward them in a hateful, uh, critical way? Covetous hearts, envious hearts, prideful hearts, self-centered. All of those things are under the surface that manifest themselves outwardly. That's right. That's where we need to go to examine. Right. So, number one, confess and forsake sin. Uh, Number two, learn to trust God again. Uh, Listen to this verse from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. May the 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 God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That yes. is trusting God. Be it believing what God has said about himself in his word, believing in what God has said about his son, believing in what God has said about you and what he is doing in your life to conform you to the image of Christ. And and that's easy to say because we're not in the midst of a great um horrendous pain or even if it's not horrendous, we're not in the midst of uh, a confusing circumstance or an emotionally draining circumstance or, you know, a mentally confusing right now. Um, and I'm speaking for you, but I'm not in that. So it's easy for me to say, well, just trust God. But man, when the waves are crashing in and the boat is filling and Jesus is asleep in, a stir- in the stern of the boat, you're like, well, where is trust? Yeah. yeah. It's out in the middle of the... Oh, Lord, help our unbelief. Yes, yes. Um, another thing I think that we could do is when we want to get our joy back is take the, the long view, the eternal view. Yeah, that's kind of what I was mentioning earlier with yes. this providence and perseverance yes. idea. Yes, it's easy to take the short-term view because we live right here in the temporal and the immediate and in the now, and everything's instantaneous. You know, the first thing that we do when difficult circumstances come to us is we start praying, Lord, get me out, get me out. How do you get me out of this thing? I want to get out. I want that comfort. I want that convenience. When what he might want us to do is stay in it and say, Lord, here's my sin I need to confess. Here's my lack of trust that I want to um, bring new in a fresh way. We, we often cave to the lie that anything uncomfortable can't be according to God's will. Right. And uh, I would I would caution folks that just because you might be a in a uh, in something that you might feel uncomfortable does not necessarily mean uh, that that is not what God has ordained for you. Right. Well, it, it actually we know that it is. Mhm. And our our understanding of un- uncomfortable is often relative too. <laughs> you know, when I uh, discipline my children, it is for their good. It's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Same concept on a l- much larger scale. God even says that He disciplines His own children. What father who doesn't who loves his children doesn't discipline them? That's right. And so, and that's a whole other co- whole other concept. But yeah, right. Well, and one final thought I guess that we could throw out um, at the end here is. Um, learning to be thankful, seeing um, the um, circumstances, the person, the situation, uh, and being thankful in spite of the pain, in spite of the confusion, in spite of the hurt, and and learning just to, again, um, rest and trust and 
and know that, that God is working. So those things, you know, are very practical things and probably seem elementary, uh, but that's, I don't know what else you could add to that um, because those are the simple things that... Well, that's what Scripture teaches us. Right. And that's all we need. That's right. Yeah. The, the old hymn, uh, don't know when it was written or who wrote it, but it rings true for this particular episode to count your blessings and name them one by one. Uh, what's the next line? Something about see what God has done. Right. Man, that's some perspective yes. that we need to have. Yes. That we need to be reminded of. That's right. Is that um, oftentimes we see the, the thorn and we miss the beauty of the rose bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, we miss the, there's something small that has come up and we miss the big picture of all of the things that God has done and all that he's doing. Um, mm-hmm. So right. perspective will be a good right. Well, a lot of the discussion in this episode has come from The Fruitful Life by Jerry Bridges. Um, these ideas, some of these thoughts, we've uh, filled in some of the gaps and and also, I think respectable sins has been something that has been, again, a, a contribution to the discussion today. So, again, we recommend both of those resources to uh, the listener. And um, hopefully what we've been able to do is just give some good, uh, encouraging thought about um, joy and how that we as um, believers need to maintain that joy. And, in fact, we're commanded to have it. That's right. And That's of right. all the people in the world, we ought to be the most joyful. That's right. And um, unfortunately, um, in our culture in, the, in America, uh, we put a lot of emphasis on comfort and convenience. Mm-hmm. I know I do. I'm guilty of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, because my comfort, my convenience is not matched up to what I expect it to do, um, or even um, what I would um, um, hope it would be, then my joy goes down the drain and that's not a good place. And that's not the place where the believer ought to be. That's right. That's right. Well, this wraps up our little mini series of, uh, the battle for joy. Hope it's been helpful for you. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you once again for taking the time to listen to the asking for a friend podcast. We hope it's been a blessing to you. Please don't forget to like and share these podcasts. Um, And one more thing, if you have a question that maybe was sparked by our conversation or um, some other thing that has brought a question to your mind, uh, go to our website page, bbcemory.org, find our media tab, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, and there's a box that you can submit a question to us to consider for a future podcast date. But until next time, grace and peace be with you all.